A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, oh, pay-per-views, bloody premium live events. Uh, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick uh, to look ahead to Rampage tonight and a sort of championship special, this one, isn't it? In name only. Yeah. In name only. Yes, I understand that there are two title matches, but let's be completely brutally honest. They don't really feel like championship matches. They just feel like matches in which championships are being defended. It's, uh, look, if you dedicate an hour of your life to this show, which... You're going to do, I'm going to do, mm-hmm. presumably every listener's going to do. I expect you'll have a decent time. I expect this to be a 7 out of 10 show, nothing more, and it would be ugh, a bit disappointing if it was anything less. And can you complain about 7 out of 10 entertainment? Not particularly. <laughs> Will I resent the hour I've spent watching this show after I've watched it? I don't anticipate it. Can I get thrilled about it? Can I get hyped about it? Is it appointment viewing? No, it just feels like um, a second hour of not of a dynamite that doesn't really create much conversation. Either way, I tell you what I'll do. Right, because the rampage. A rap. Well, this is what I'm going to say. Okay, people, we've all seen it trending worldwide. People are clamoring for the rampage rap to come back, and that's the beauty, of it, isn't it? You take these things away from wrestling fans. Vince McMahon's got it right. Give them, take away what they want. And they'll bloody love it when it comes back, even if it's a bit crap. Let's be perfectly honest, it always has been, like the Rampage Rap. <laughs> so I tell you what, if a title changes hands on this show, I'll bring the Rampage Rap back. But one thing I am looking forward to and does has the does have the potential to be a really good part of Rampage uh, isn't just John Moxley in the ring again. It's the guy he's across from. And I'm a huge fan. We all are, really, at what culture of the acclaimed. But especially Anthony Bowens, who's really come into his own, it feels like, in the last six months. I don't know if it's just always been there and I haven't noticed it, but 
I think they've they've really hit their stride with just being the acclaimed. I know they lose quite a lot in the you know high profile matches against like Sting and Darby Allen and what have you. But there's there's, there's this groundswell of support underneath them. Uh, they've got this justified wanting for revenge against John Moxley tonight because every time they he jumps them because he was just wild and out of control back there and he attacked them before the bell and what have you. I mean, Anthony Bones isn't beating him tonight. But this is another another brilliant step on that road that we saw begin last week of John Moxley still not quite the old John Moxley yet. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm really looking forward to this match, actually. Not something that is the sort of thing that will infest your mind during the day. Something like a massive, like... Page versus Danielson match. Like, it's obviously nothing like that, but I do think it's quietly inspired. Um, I don't want to name names, right? But there was a period, even when AEW was like really white hot when uh, they resumed doing shows in front of fans again on the road, where there were certain matches where you were like, right, yeah, I, I understand the, the mechanics of the book in here. You need this guy to have a win, and you don't want him to beat anyone that you don't want to beat. So you have him wrestle this guy, and it's like, oh, him. It happened quite a lot, and I'm not. It's not just one person. If anyone's going to be a dick and guess and snitch tag them or whatever, what I'm saying is sometimes, all too often, Tony Khan falls into the trap of just having select people that he's happy to lose, either do it like six weeks in a row to different people, or just the more bland guys on the roster. Between Ethan Page and Anthony Bones, very inspired. You've yeah. got two guys who are wildly entertaining who are vastly underrated, who always deliver in the spot and are very motivated to do so when they do get their elusive opportunities, who aren't, like, really boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, so he's picked two guys who I'm happy to go along with at the start of this journey that Moxley is on, which he's grabbing wrestling by the balls all over again. He could be fighting significantly more boring people just to pad of stats or just as an excuse to get him in the ring and draw a rating. And maybe I'll probably be accused of being, you know, biased towards AEW here. Maybe it's because I give them a lot more leeway. Well, not a lot, no, not a lot more leeway. That's not the thing I'm looking for. Maybe it's because I trust them a little bit more. And this might be a bit of a stretch. But I do feel like, it's not going to happen, I don't think. But I do feel like if, let's say shenanigans with the referee and Bowens clocks Moxley with the boombox and then hits a finisher on him, I will think, oh, maybe he might beat him here because it's not just, oh, he's stolen one against this former world champion. There is a, a beat in this story that they could easily play out of like, has Moxley lost a step? Not from going through rehab, but he's, he's look physically, you can see he's changed. And I thought they told a, a really good story. We talked about this on the review last week of him being in that match against against Ethan Page, who, I mean, look at him, he's bloody Ethan Page. Dite, well, the second now. Titus tits in the game. He's got a, got a contender on NXT. But, oh. but there was elements in that match, I thought, definitely, where he brilliantly expressed, a bit rusty here. Even he could feel that. So a loss along the way, probably is not going to happen here. A loss and a, a sort of questioning of, like, what do I have to do to recreate this fire that I've got? He's still got it, obviously. Told someone to F off in one of the first yeah. things he said back in AEW. I think there's a there's a really nice um, potential story there, too. I think so, but they just don't do that with a guy like John Moxley. No, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's, that's the reason I would buy it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think what you're saying is that he's done enough work in the first match to inform a little bit of drama in the second, which is just 
testament to how great he is. As a Bowens could like outpower him at one point, for example. Yeah, um, I'll buy an earfall on that basis. You sold me. You've charmed me. <laughs> uh, I can't see it happening. I could see happening because this is all this stems, and they just use the history. I don't think that Anthony Bones has spent the last year stewing on that boombox shot, right? Um, but it's nice that they've remembered it and it's informed this challenge. If they run back Kingston versus Kingston Moxley versus the acclaimed, and they pin Moxley to do that, that's a win, I guess. But they could just as easily have yeah. Moxley win. Max Caster joins them for a post-match attack, and then Eddie Kingston makes yes. his return, and then they set up the tag. It's quite clever, though. Yeah, I didn't even think about that in the last two weeks of booking. Like you say, having to face Ethan Page and, and Bowens here, both guys have got prominent tag team partners who you can go, well, it could do a beatdown, and maybe we get Eddie Kingston making the save. That's, is this one live as well? Is, I'm right in thinking. No, oh, okay. I don't think so. I think, um, and that's another thing. Like, I remember the best matches in Rampage history. Oh, watch out for Pac Andrade, too. It's incredible. Danielson, Kingston, that's incredible. Uh Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros, it's incredible. When you don't get something like that on a taped rampage, you know it's going to be good, but if no one's doing cartwheels, mm. I'm very spoiled, I know. <laughs> right, let's talk about these uh, these title matches then. Let's start with the tag team titles. Uh, Jurassic Express fighting a private party this week who, uh, I'll, I'll admit, surprise number one contenders in my book. I know the records have reset, but I haven't seen private party wrestle in a tag match on telly for it feels like about a year. Um, and you've, I suppose you've got the, the elephant in the room, which is the ass boys. <sighs> God. Dan Housen's <laughs> got so much to goddamn answer for. Uh, you know, if you like Dan Housen, I'm not going to be grudgy liking him, but ass boys is so poor. It's terrible, Pat. It's like Chris Jericho at his worst. I was about to say Pat, Jericho's name, You yeah. know when, like, he's really funny, but sometimes he just phones it in. You know how I often say dynamite is episodic to a fault? And what I mean by that is when they routinely shoot angle upon angle upon interruption upon interruption upon running upon running upon beat down upon beat down. It all comes together to make it feel fake and contrived. And how can all this be happening? Not only is it a little bit repetitive, but it's like, this just shouldn't be happening. This mm. it's because it's fake. It's like a soap opera where every month someone gets killed off or, or you know, someone's house burns down and you're like, just move. Yeah. Don't live there. Yeah, don't do a backstage interview to say, I've watched the last three weeks and I'll just, uh, I'll do a pre-tape from home or something like that. You know, <laughs> they could kill two birds with one stone here. Instead of doing the umpteenth angle that plays along that line, why can't they just simply have a, a match, a fixture, a ranked match between private party and off the top of my goddamn head, who's a babyface team that they don't mind losing very much? Silver and Reynolds. I was about to say Dark Order, yeah. Yeah, or one of the various teams in the Dark Order. Like, there's enough members. You could do, like, Five and Cabana. You could do Uno and, yeah. Uno and Grayson. Grayson. I know Grayson's injured, but you get the point. There's, yeah. there's enough of them. And then private party beat them, and it's like, well, private party have won. And then they could say, oh, you know, they've been winning a lot on Dark, actually, as it happens. So maybe they will one day challenge the tag team champions. Then you could bring up the rankings. What you do by that is you get away from this endless thing that they do, the tree falling over in the woods. It's like if you win on dark, does it matter? Does it count? Because mm. you have won. The tree has fallen. But if no one's around to actually watch it or to invest in it, what does it matter? And not only do you make 
such a match like we're going to get tonight feel earned, feel like it's actually, all right, they've actually done the work to build at this. But you also, you just do literally one angle that isn't an obvious setup for something else. So that's them not doing that has diminished my anticipation of the match. But if you recall, we've seen this. We saw it on Rampage the First Dance, where it stood no chance whatsoever of getting a reaction because everyone was either experiencing an, ele- an adrenaline dump from the CM Punk return, or they were off buying the ice creams or collecting the ice creams <laughs> yeah, that he yeah. purchased for them. And it was just this weird hum of like, people. some people were just like stunned by what they saw, so they were just sat there. The arena was like emptying out. And they, if I recall correctly, worked a really nice little creative yeah. match with one demented um, Canadian pile driver. I remember spot, you saying, uh, what are you doing this for? Like, what are you doing this for on this night? Just do a tight, solid gentleman's three. Like, don't waste a bump like this on a night like this. I can understand why they did. They probably thought we need something big, but uh, whatever, it didn't work. What I'm arriving at as is this should be a really, really, really good match with some creativity and some scary but cool moments at the same time. But I'm not going to buy a Switch. No. They don't do the work enough to buy the Switch. I mean, they've literally set up the bigger title match with Gun Club. So, and they're not going to do that for just like Gun Club. The whole point is Gun Club aren't targeting Jurassic Express because they just hate dinosaurs. They want the tag titles. They feel like they've been overlooked, and that's why they're attacking Christian to get to Jurassic Express to get them. So, so if they lose the titles, they'll go, oh, cool, we'll just fight private parties. Why then. are the building the gun club is the big bad? You <laughs> know, like, is it Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they always talk about the big bad without yeah. these monsters of the week, and then it's all in service of, it's all building towards something like this? The master or whatever his name is. Or some bollocks yeah. like that. Gun club. Like they're, they're the real baddies. They're, 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 the, they're the real threats that we have to look out for. Like, I mean, how oh, I just give it... Red Dragon. Yeah, I know, you but say this every <laughs> But um, I will be intrigued to see if Private Party come out with snazzy new gear because they, of course, now under the ownership of the, what is it, the AHFO? Shrug emoji. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the other title match then. Uh, Jade Cargill versus Julia Hart. She's going to wreck her, isn't she, for the TBS Championship? Yes. Yes. Um, two ways this can go. Well, there's one way it has to go, and this is short. Don't diminish, uh, don't take the piss with the fact that last week's match was so well received because they've actually really invested in Anna Jay. She's on the similar slow burn trajectory like Jungle Boy and Guevara where they lose quite often. They always get enough to make you realize, oh, where they treat us as clever enough to infer. Oh, they want to watch because they're getting loads of offense in the matches. They're coming very close. There's an argument to be made if you're going to do, uh, you know, Britt Baker's arguably one of the four pillars straight yes. up anyway. But if you're going to do the four female pillars of AEW, Anna Jay might be a contender for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, respectfully, Julie Hart is not one of them. But she is in the midst of a storyline. So do we get a spot or a sequence in which... Heart does something a little bit evil. House of Black to like foreshadow. Oh my gosh, she's going to join the bloody House of Black. Or does she simply get trucked mm. a la with a shop to make her think, oh, well, I shouldn't be dressed like a cheerleader. I should be doing goth stuff. I've got no care in the world about the eventual um, storyline ramifications of how she gets beat. I just wanted to get beat very quickly. Yeah, I, <laughs> just don't patronize me by doing by giving it too much in this because it exposes Jade Cargill. Yes, 
it might very slowly diminish the aura of Jade Cargill. There are certain matches where you should give something to your opponent, a la last week, this week. No. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I this match in my head goes one of two ways, and one of them's a great way, and one of them's a way that I'll come in and bury it on Monday morning. Bad way is if midway through the match, like you say, she starts, I don't know, coughing, and then coughs up some black goo, or coughs up some black mist in Smart Mark Sterling's face or something or other. The good way is, like you say, not only does she get wrecked by Jade Cargill, who obviously retains the TBS championship, Jade Cargill, because she's such a, in her own words, bitch, like targets Julia Hart by attacking her from the side that she literally can't see out of. Like, it's bad enough if you're a a woman the size of Julia Hart taking on a woman the size of, of Jade Cargill. But imagine if... Half of your vision, you can't see from. So if she comes from that direction, you ain't seeing the attack coming. Might we see another intentionally botched springboard attempt? Pac did it with an eye patch. Pillman Jr. did it. Mm. So that could be the law of Alistair Black is that he uh, corrupts the balance between the light and the dark. <laughs> and that is reflected, manifested on the ring ropes. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I don't think I will, but I might see it. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Right, we finally get this week, Sige, uh, FTR versus Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. Uh, just give FTR some wins, please. I mean, I, yeah, I think the, the goal here is to give the baby faces some shine. I mean, it's so dark elevation, this. It is almost painfully dark elevation. And it's one of those where it's like the roster's too full. They have a rotating booking poli- uh, policy anyway. But there are certain acts where like, if, the, if someone loses, like a Garcia or a Dante Martin, you think, 
Oh, that's a shame, but I know how this goes now. I know that I can expect them to do another thing in three weeks. So I'm not wasting my time by watching, investing, caring, etc. I feel like I'm wasting my time with Lee Johnson, and that's a shame because I think he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's not on the level yet of the Garcias and the Dante Martins, so he's a rung below the next pillars, if that makes any sense. But I do think I've been asked to care about them, and then not, and then it feels way more stop-start than rotating cast. Yes. So I don't feel like this is... I don't feel this is worth like investing in. I'm sure it'll be good. Um, is I mean, is the story of this match more what's going on outside the ring? Yeah, getting t- something with Arn and Tully. Tully and Arn, which I did a, a list that's uh, Hamlet wrote about issues, let's just say, with AEW's booking, um, which is slightly outdated now. Uh, it was after that Dynamite we didn't like, but other people did, and that's oh, okay. I think every Dynamite's good, actually. <laughs> but it was, uh, I like the line that he wrote in it, uh, which was like, either fight or f- shag. Yeah. But another word for that, basically. Yeah, I feel like the match is an FTR win, obviously. A big, a big, big rig on, uh, on I don't know, Brock Anderson or whatever. But it's about what's going on outside the ring more so than what's going on in it. And I, I never like that sometimes. It is. And I'm a little bit annoyed by that. Not, I mean, I like it enough. Sorry. But FTR on Cody. FTR, realistically, should have walked into AEW and put the beating of Cody Rhodes, like, of his life, spent, like, four years telling themselves they should have walked right in. So whenever I see on and Tully stuff, I'm thinking, that puts me on a a track to say, well, can't, why aren't FTR just kicking Cody's teeth in? Mm. They should have been doing this all along. The generous part of me thinks that to put on and Tully together in some angle then that might bring out Cody to save if FTR decide to beat Arn Anderson. Then he can ramp it up from there. And then he could have CM Punk maybe and Cody aligning because they've got, like, they are feuding respectively with members of the Pinnacle. And then he can spin off into Cody versus CM Punk, which for the reasons Hamlet's desperate to say, I am too. But this just feels like they want to do a spinebuster spot or a stare down for a cheap pop. I don't really see the value in it if they're not going anywhere. Uh, you mentioned Cody Rhodes. Just briefly, I want to talk about him because we did a, a really interesting talk about him on today's news with uh, the two of us and, and Andy Murray uh, and the sort of divisive nature of him. There's a big Reddit thread going on about him right now. What do you make about the whole divisive Cody Rhodes figure? It, it feels like this is an, an ongoing story, of course. I mean, the free agent stuff is one thing, but it's been building for a lot longer than that with him, you know, seemingly thinking he's the hero that everyone needs and getting booed out of the building simultaneously. And, oh, which tunnel do I go down? And what do you want to talk about? Boo, we hate you. Oh, no, I'm the one who created the Forbidden Door and pulled off what CM Punk talked about in his pipe bomb. I feel like it's... It's getting boring to talk about, I'll tell you that. I've got two takes. Ultimately, all of this, if you take a step back from the picture and look at the entire thing frame to frame, corner to corner, what he's doing is working, ultimately, in terms of achieving AEW's goals. The goal is to build young stars and develop them into main eventers and to secure the financial security of your company. If you look at who he's carefully selected to lose against the other pillars of the company, or at least three quarters of them. MGF, he got over. He got over himself, but you know what I mean? Like, you need the rub. MGF, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. 
And he did get over Malachi Black, and then they just sort of went back on that. Yeah, but ultimately, like Malachi Black's like 36, 37 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Lance Archer's like 44 years old. These guys are ultimately probably going to end up 50-50. You need a 50-50 to have a mid-table. You need the stars at the top. You need guys, and you don't want to... 50-50 is like cursed. But New Japan does 50-50. Loads of companies in the past have done 50-50. It's basically, oh, fight you one week, then the next, and then that's it. Cumulatively, a 50-50 record is something that's just happened since the dawn of time. But WWE is just so wasteful with it and so pointlessly... Blase. Yeah, that's a perfect word, Willborn. So I don't mean it to sound like that. But there are guys like Lance Archer's gone 50-50, re- realistically. He'll rec- his record will probably say 104 because he's just <laughs> beat some skinny wimps on dark, but he's a 50-50 guy, yeah. realistically. Andrade will be a 50-50 guy. Malachi Black, maybe not that he's in a tag team, but, you know, he's 37 years old. Like, they want the young people, the young stars, with marketable characteristics like Darby Allen, like the kids dress up as him. Um, he's got a unique look, incredibly unique ring style. Yeah, and he's young, and he's got the potential to draw even more fans. MGF, prodigy, polymath, genius. That's who you get over. Sammy Guevara, like a guy, a highlight real moment guy. I'm not saying he's a shallow storyteller, but he's got it in him to do the things he did on Dynamite this week. That's who Cody has decided to lose against. In order to make those losses mean anything, he has to beat Lance Archer. He has to beat Pentagon. He has to beat Malachi Black. He has to beat Andrade. Like like it or not, Cody Rhodes might not be the fashionable kick, kick pad clad, fight shorts, goth kickboxer, but he's a bigger star than him. I like the fact we're having this conversation, stroking our chin. What's going on with Cody Rhodes? What you know? He's quite a divisive character, is he? He leaves babyface. What did my, uh, Meltzer think of his match with Sammy Guevara on Dynamite this week? We go five. So yeah, do arguably in quite a good position right now. Like sometimes when we talk about divisive figures, they're not very often having, you know, one of the potentially best matches of the year. And I will challenge anyone regardless of how you feel about Cody Rhodes, to watch that match against Guevara and not come out of it with, you know, a jaw-dropping respect for Sammy Guevara. People yeah. like, I saw people tweeting yesterday uh, and and then other, you know, like celebrities, actual people, you know, talking about wrestling, saying, you know, this is like his Jeff Hardy moment, that cutter that's been shared and shared and shared. I shared it last night on Twitter. Just, Do I the rounds amongst their celebrities, Joel yeah. McHale. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. So, you know... It's a weird conversation to be having this, but I sense it's going to rumble. I'm probably going to keep having it. So instead, let's talk about Adam Cole uh, and the sort of fallout from Dynamite there, because well, he's presumably the number one contender uh, for the world title. He's just lost. Obviously, that doesn't go on his record. But what do you, you think is going on with him? Because the the Vincels have got the knives out and saying, well, well, look what they've done with him since he left NXT. He's he's, he's lost to the you know the, the chairman's favorite or whatever you want to call him. And, uh, oh, they've ruined him. And he's actually, he is small now, actually, now I look at him. What what do you make of this whole situation? It's a bit disingenuous, in my opinion. It's very disingenuous, but honestly, I, I would be kind of lying if I wasn't a little bit disappointed by Adam Cole's running AEW thus far. Um, this Adam Cole thing, I was so in favor of them doing it for reasons that I've 
been droning on about at this point. He's got an expressive face. Orange Cassidy can do things that make him look like he's got an incredulous facial expression. They are both like fun, creative workers when they want to be, and they can both take. I, I just thought the dynamic was inspired. It's just not been it. Just hasn't been it. Um, I've wanted to like it more than I've actually liked it. I feel like the crowd heat hasn't been all the way there for their matches. They haven't been these unqualified successes that people have adored. It's it's been an absolute disappointment in my opinion. It's not been bad. It's been merely good, and I expected way more. Yes, I've loved this match against Jungle Boy. I like the sprawling narrative that's playing out between the elite, the super click. The Undisputed Era, which is effectively the Paragon. I like all of that. I just think that he just hasn't walked in and blown me away in the same way that Punk and Danielson have. Do you think he's a bit of a victim of circumstance there? He comes in, you know, uh, the the timeline of events is not straight in my head. Was Punk already there at this point? I think so. I think Punk was there. Punk was already there. Debuted on the same night as Daniels. And then obviously, yeah, he comes out and then arguably gets a little bit overshadowed in a nice bit of storytelling with Brian Danielson. Do you think that's arguably affected it a little bit? Uh, I guess. I just think... Cole comes in uh, all out on his own, for example. No one's saying, ooh, you know. Ooh. They're saying, hey, yeah. look, at them, this is a huge shine for them. Whereas he was it's sort a- of like, we've got Brian Danielson and, and Adam Cole. Yeah, it's just weird because this conversation started before he'd even failed or succeeded yes. because this is what these things do and I thought at first super click tag with like the dark order great genuinely funny silver match jungle boy singles match like did an eight man tag he was in that was great but ever since the casting things happened I agree with disingenuine takes but not for the reason they've been made I just think that this Cassidy stuff's not been very good and yet we are what five weeks away from revolution and I, I I don't like using this term when we talk about oh dear. But when it comes to AEW, you always say to me, "Let it play out." Yeah, like you can't tell me we're not going to be sat here. In my opinion, in five weeks' time, the the week the Friday before uh, Revolution, for example, and going, "Do you really buy Cole as a challenger to Hangman Page?" Like I, I'm just going to be sitting here going. Is this going to break Meltzer's scale, in my opinion? Because I think it's the pay-per-view records, that the pay-per-view numbers that they want to worry about, potentially. Hmm. Like the Meltzer will give it five and a half, if it's, even if it's four <laughs> and a quarter. I love them, but you kind of will. Um, it's the pay-per-view numbers and the rest of it. It's like the boom gets massively over. Is the danger? Is the yeah? Is the danger that Revolution? Sorry to interrupt, but is the danger that Revolution gets sold on MGF Punk's rematch? Uh, yeah, MJF and CM Punk having a rematch, dog collar match. Well, we've been pitched. here time and time again where we've been like five weeks. We just need to learn to be more patient, I think. Mm. You're right. Let it play out. Well, let us know your thoughts uh, on the situation with Cole, uh, with Cody, and uh, with this whole show uh, ahead of Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the SmackDown preview available right now. We'll be back later on with WrestleCulture looking ahead to the Royal Rumble this weekend with the hashtag BloodyGoodQuiz. And make sure you join us on Saturday night for our Royal Rumble live stream on the YouTube. YouTube channel with myself and Phil Chambers. But enjoy Rampage tonight. This has been the Rampage preview. We'll be back to review it on Monday, of course. But for now, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.